0: It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit TyrePower.com.au now. Well, the Radio of New Zealand has come and gone now with the Finland's Kale Rovanpera making history on our roads while Hayden Padden once again showed his class in his return. Ten years in the making, it was a great moment for motorsport in New Zealand, but as soon as it was here, it was gone again with question marks around its potential return. On the line to talk about it now is uh, David Long, Senior Sports Writer for Stuff, has been covering the action throughout Rally New Zealand over the last uh, four or five days. David, good morning to you.
1: Yeah, hi there, Smithy. How you
0: doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, New Zealand provided the backdrop for a great moment in the World r- Rally History with uh, Finland's Kale Robin becoming the youngest ever, the youngest ever World Rally Champion. He only turned 22 Saturday night, David. What a performance!
1: It was. Uh, he looks. He, he, look, he is 22, but he looks about 15. That's, that's the funny thing about Kale. He looks so young. Um, it was. It was an unusual rally. I think um, you know because of the weather it had such an impact on it. And I think if the weather wasn't like it was, and I don't think Kale Robin would have won it because. Um, because of the rain on Friday, meant that he didn't spend that first day cleaning the roads for the others. He, as he's a championship leader, his responsibility is to be the first car on the road and go over the gravel, which always makes it tough. But because of the rain, it compacts the gravel and the, and the earth, which makes it a lot easier for him. And he did a great job just being down by 10 seconds on that first day. And on the on the Saturday, he made his big charge. And then Sunday, it was just about um, keeping the car on the road. and it, um, you know he shows what an incredible talent he is, and I think we're going to see someone who's going to dominate this sport. Um, you know, in a similar way to Sebastian who who's won the title eight, eight times.
0: Well, he's been amazing this uh, this rally season. That's his fifth title, and they've still got Spain and Japan to go.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, he's, uh, I mean he's benefited from being in a in a very good car. The Toyotas have had the edge over Hyundai all year. Um, but he's just got such incredible natural talent. I think the only driver um, out there this weekend who, who's sort of at his level is Valtteri Tanak from Estonia, um, and he spent the whole weekend being very grumpy. He's a he's quite a moody guy anyway, but um, he got he copped a, a five-second penalty and a ten-second penalty on the Friday and Saturday for um, boost infringements uh, with his hybrid car. And that sort of took him out any chance of winning it, really. But um, yeah, I, I think um, you know, I think we're going to see, we're seeing Carly. Um, it, it's a, it was a chance for he's even motorsport fans to see someone who's you know I think going to go down as one of the um, one of the great motorsport drivers of, of any sort of motorsport, you know, over over the era.
0: Wow, that's saying something. I've got to say. Okay, let's uh, look at before we look at the other individual performances, David. Look at uh, the overall the overall event itself would you class it as a success for the organizers
1: yeah i think so i mean there was plenty of season te- problems which is which we expect when you do something that you haven't you haven't done for 10 years um uh you, you know jack's bridge it was always going to be difficult to try and um get a bit i get a, a stage that's completely built just for for the rally uh, getting it done and the infrastructure which which although it 's not far from auckland it's still you know it's still in the, in the countryside, so there were issues around that, and I heard issues around um, other sort of places where spectators were going but uh, generally it, it was you have to say it was a, it was a very successful rally um the weather did did put a downer on it, but from you know speaking to drivers afterwards um, they all loved it they all thought it was a fantastic event and speaking to i spoke to um Simon Larkin, who's the um, events organizer for WRC promoter, who run it, uh, and they were they were thrilled with how it went. They were they're very happy. Um, you know they've got some issues that um, they, they wouldn't get sorted out um, if the rally was to come back. But I'm sure that's you know there's nothing insurmountable there that um, that would stop them wanting to come from from a logistical reason anyway of wanting to come back.
0: With a uh, side was uh, was it well supported.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um it it was really good. It was um yeah 50, apparently it was about fifteen thousand people there on the Thursday for the um super special stage, the Auckland Domain and there was a soul, sold out for thirteen thousand people at Jack, Jack Lidge on uh, yesterday. So you know it's tremendous um support from the crowd. You yeah, know, and you consider that this is on the back of um a sold out um supercars around in Piccadurry just just two or three weeks before. It just I guess it really shows you how much appetite and how popular motorsport is in New Zealand at the moment. You know, and I just said you're talking about um, you know crowds for MPC and people have been saying you know it's tough to get spectators back after COVID. You know, but I think we've we've seen in motorsport over the last few weeks if you if you do put out a good good quality product, product that spectators will you know put their hands in their pockets and and pay money because it's not cheap to go and watch supercars or WRC. But if you put, it, put it on something good, then people will pay and they will come along to
0: watch it. Okay, let's um, look at the uh, aside from Jack's Jack's ridge, which was uh, from what I've uh, reading been reading in the, the, your articles. Basically, um, uh, every other part, of, every other stage seemed uh, pretty well received.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so, and it's interesting. when I, mean, I spoke to the, the story. I spoke to a few drivers before Jack's ridge, and they they didn't like it whatsoever. Thought it was artificial and. Um, it wasn't um didn't look like the rest of the rally but i spoke to a few of them afterwards and they're um they're all very impressed with it but as for the other stages they loved it um you know the, these are the sort of the roads that um that most of them really love doing on fast-flowing gravel roads with um technical bits and pits where you can you can put your foot down um uh, and it was perfect, really, for them. I think they, they all really enjoyed it, and, and to the weather, um, it, it made it more of a level playing field than it probably would have been um, otherwise for for the rally.
0: Can we look at the performance of a couple of Kiwis in particular? Uh, Hayden Patton?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Hayden was sort of in a tough position, really. He was, um, you know, being in WRC two-car. Um, there wasn't many other European WRC two cars come down which is kind of categories below the the main guys um and the cars aren't the hybrid cars they're all um they slightly different um a lot less power in the engines um he was always going to win the wrc2 and he had he strolled it really it was just a matter of um you know as you said just tick, um, going through the stages ticking them off and, and staying in the middle of the road um he didn't really have any competition but it, it, he did show how much potential, well not potential, how how talented he still is, you know, the fact that he was, he he finished ahead of uh, Lorenzo Bertelli, who was driving a WRC1 car, for the M Sport uh, Ford, um, to beat him, it just shows, you know, just how good Hayden is to beat someone in a car with far more power than he's got, um, you know, and hopefully that's, that does um, Leads to some more interest in Hayden in terms of trying, trying to get some more WRC1 drive next year, but um, mm. but Hayden didn't put a foot wrong, and he was the perfect ambassador for the rally as well. You know, you want someone who's who's a good talker and you know, a nice guy, and a good sort of figurehead to sort of promote the event, and he did that perfectly throughout the weekend.
0: Shane van Gisbergen, going from car to car, and then back again. Now he's got to go back again to Bathurst.
1: Yeah, he'll have to get used to being in the car on his own again after after this week. He, 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 again, it was fantastic from Shane. He, he had one incident, I think, early on, I think Friday, where he lost a front bumper from his car. But otherwise, it was it was a superb drive for him, and um, he, he did really well. He, you know, he showed that you put him in a, in any any car, he, he'll do a good job. He was he learnt a lot, I think, during the during the rally, and was interested to see him and his co-driver sort of, um, you know. Have a chat, sort of debrief after each stage about what he did right and what he did wrong, and, and that. But he, he thoroughly loved the experience. Um, he wants to do more New Zealand rallies next year. Um, it's you know it's not going to happen. But if he was to think, you know, I've, I've had enough of supercars, I want to, I want to go full time in WRC. You know, he certainly got the talent to, to be up there with the with the best in the world, and if he wanted wanted to carry it really. So what
0: what are the chances of uh, the likes of, of those two Kiwis getting Rally one cars being uh, would there be interest in them uh, it, you know it's always uh, at home I guess they get the profile, but overseas would they would there be interest in them um, in terms of competing in the world rally championship full time
1: well um, I think for Shane, it would um, involve someone um, an awful lot of money to buy a seat or to buy You know, to buy um, with, with Lorenzo Bertelli, who's the son of the um, the air for Prada. Um, you know, he he bought that seat. He paid a hell of a lot of money for it, and he showed that he really wasn't up to it level. But you know, in motorsport, you know, money you know money talks. So um, that, and I don't, I don't think anyone would want to sort of give him a risk of a WRC one car for around in Europe. Possibly in New Zealand, if if it was if, if it was to come back again, someone might because you're going to get an awful lot of publicity for your brand if you if you did do that. Um, but you know, they are they are expensive to. to to bring a w to have a wrc one car in new zealand with hayden it was um you know there was always a talk that he tried really hard to get in a hyundai wrc one car for this year um and they were a bit behind the eight ball in, in getting together these new hybrid um wrc cars so they wasn't able to provide him with one unfortunately um i understand that they there was the possibility for him to drive um the tennis car, a, a Ford Puma, but because of Hayden's relationship with Hyundai New Zealand, um, it would have been a bad look for him to, um, you know, to drive a, a Ford another not a Hyundai around his local rally. He did try and drive a, a, a Ford a, a couple of years ago in WRC one, but um, there's a difference between doing that in um, Finland or Britain than doing it here in New Zealand, where he's going to he's going to have all the profile. So. Hayden did say um, he is looking to do one, two, or three, hopefully um, WRC one, um, or to drop WRC one car for a couple, you know, two or three rounds next year. Well, that'd be fantastic if he did, and I'm sure the bosses at Hyundai would have seen how well he is still, um, he can still go in the rallies and mix it with the top guys. When I when I spoke to Hayden the other day, and I said, that, I said, you know, how do you how do you sort of feel about this? You know, being way too good for everyone else at WRC two, but not. Not having the pace for a powerful WRC1, he, he you know, he felt even without seat time, he would have been finished, finished top five in the rally. He wouldn't be able to match it with the likes of Rovanperä Power or Tanak, but I definitely think he's he's still got the ability to be up there with the, the guys like um, Thierry Newbell or Chris Breen or the other sort of the, the drivers, were just not quite at that, that level of Rovanperä and Tanak.
0: David, you mentioned it was uh, very well supported in terms of the public as such, so. Uh, financially, how would it stack up as an event then?
1: Uh, so I was hearing talk before the rally that it probably might run at a loss, um, even with the support, because just because it's cost so much money to put these things on and doing it for the first time, there's all that. I guess, there's a lot of you know one-off costs that you've got to, you've got to pay up front what you've got to you've got to outlay for, um, and because of that, and I think they had issues around some of the roads an awful lot of issues trying to get approval to go on some of the roads, which added up to more costs. So, I don't know how it all would at the end, but it wouldn't surprise me if it does make a small loss this time. Um, and while, I, I guess, organizers can cop a loss for one year, um, you know, it does sort of – you look at the future of the event, that's not something that they wanted, would want to do in a, on a permanent basis. I understand it was um, – you know, it's, been, well, it's out there that it's not going to be a rally next year but and mm. they're looking at 2024 for New Zealand um and alternating um having it every other year in New Zealand which is something um which when I spoke to WRC they they're not so keen on that on alternating at venues but um I think they've sort of come around to that and I understand it's more rally New Zealand's suggestion to alternate rather than someone that's come from the WRC maybe it's just the cost of um the um of doing everything uh, every year is, is too much for for them to bear and um every other year um probably more you know more uh, easier to accommodate but i think the key factor in any of this is that from now on it's going to need government money to get behind it to support it um auckland unlimited um which is the um, our Auckland council they paid 1.75 million for the rallies to come um this time but that was i think that was a deal negotiated when it was originally going to be in 2020 um, but they reckon they make about 3.3 million it brings into the Auckland economy um, with the rally. Um, so, you know, it does, I guess it does add up from that. But WRC, they're now looking at significantly more money for if they want to bring the rally back in 2024. And from what I'm hearing, Auckland they really wouldn't be able to pay much more than, than what they're paying at the moment. They're already pretty, pretty broke, really, um, in terms of their funding. So, um, it, it, it's all going to come down to the New Zealand government and how much money they're willing, or if they're willing at all, to, to contribute anything towards bringing the rally back to New Zealand.
0: David, you wear many hats when you uh, write about sport in this country. Um, are you um, going to be all over the uh, Rugby Women's World Cup? I know, uh, noticed you uh, were there the other night. I just uh, Now, of course, yeah. we can say that it starts this week. Uh, you know, it, It's rolled round on us and it, it's hit us right between the eyes. It actually starts this week, so... Uh, are you involved in that? And what do you think New Zealand's no, chances are?
1: I'm not going to be that involved now. I'm off to actually off to Bathurst tomorrow for the for the for the week there, and then there's the Rugby League World Cup, um, which I think has been a bit forgotten about. Um, mm. I Understandably I so because of you know, the women's Rugby World Cup's coming on. There's been plenty of other stuff, but I'll sort of be covering that from afar. But um, maybe just dipping in and out of the of the Women's World Cup in, in terms of how I think it might go. I think um, I think it's hard for anybody to sort of to see past England winning it. Um, they've just been so dominant, haven't they? They've won 26 tests in a row, you know, um, if you don't see, it, it's is very rare to see in any sort of, you know, sport, international sport, to see someone dominate like that. Um, you, you see with the, with the Blackburns how they have improved, you know, Japan, playing, beating Japan like they did, that's going to be, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference between playing Japan and playing the likes of England and France. Um, and, you know, it was such a terrible tour that they had last year. Um, it, you just want—I think it's going to be interesting to see how much improvement there there has been in that team under since 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 that time. Because yeah, they did well against Australia, Australia didn't they? And, and had some good wins there. But Australia, you know, again, they're not—they don't seem to be at the same level as as England or France either. So I don't know how much of a a gauge that was either, really.
0: David uh, David Long, thank you very much uh, for your uh, analysis there of uh, the Rally of New Zealand um, and uh, the, <coughs> the review, too, um, over all our chances of getting it back, which, of, of course, is uh, very important. Enjoy Bathurst, very jealous. Uh, have a great time over <laughs> there, David.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. Cheers, all the best. Life's
0: so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know.